Well, good morning, beloved. Good morning. Oh, we knew better than that. Good morning, beloved. Good morning. Now, I've uh, been doing junior church for a very long time. So sometimes it's hard to transition from the kids to the adults. But then I look out here and see the maturity level, and it's not that really big of a transition. So we're going to do, I've got some illustrations this morning, and maybe, just maybe, if you sit up straight, feet on the floor, hands your lap, no talking, you might get a treat. But for those that are not behaving, you have to go sit with your parents. So I'm, okay, Rob, that's good. Aren't you glad you're saved? Don't you wish everybody was? What a different place the world would be. If everyone, not just was saved, but loved Jesus. Wouldn't that be amazing? This morning, I have a lot to get to. I'll try my best. Pastor said I have to 2 o'clock, so I'll try to get it done. Now, the more you interact with me, the faster I preach. Okay, good. We're getting it. The more you laugh at my terrible jokes, the quicker this will go. Okay? All right. We got it. We got it. We better have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Lord, I need your help desperately this morning. I feel like I'm just scrambled because I know the devil doesn't want people to hear the gospel. And I need your help. Lord, I ask forgiveness for the many things I think, say, and do that break your law. Keep me pure before you today. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, your grace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. I put my Christmas tree up right after Veterans Day. I love it. I've got lights all up in front, except my wife asked a request this year. She said, David, would you not put, would you not decorate the tree like you normally do? I said, well, what would you like me to take off? She said, everything. (laughs) So all I have on the tree this year is lights. That's it. And everyone's like, it's the best it's ever looked. I'm like, dagger to the heart. But I have trees up. If you've been by my house, I've got green and red lights all around it. I've got the nativity scene out front. I love Christmas. And my mom and dad really pushed it. My mom especially. My dad, they loved Christmas. And it was always a very, very special time of year. And we've held that tradition. And it's special at our household. It really is. It's special to me. So when I have the privilege to speak about Christmas... I try my best, my very best, to honor God like he deserves. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25, is one recording of the birth story. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now I had planned on reading much more, but for sake of time I will not. But I want to stop there for a very important reason. It was so important, beloved, for Jesus to be born of a virgin. That was gospel. That was prophesied. It had to be that way. For many reasons. But the biggest is because God's word said so. You see, beloved, there's over 350 prophecies that came true from the Old Testament regarding Jesus and his birth. And God kept his word 
Not on some of them. On every single one of them. You see, when God says he's going to do something, guess what, beloved? He's going to do it. When God says, thus, sit, you better write it down. It's going to happen. And there's not a government. There's not a tank. There's not a power in this world that can stop when God says to do something. And I'm here to tell you this morning, beloved, when your time on earth is done, there's not a power on this earth that's going to stop it. I don't care how wealthy you are, how smart you are, how tall you are, how short you are. When God says it's time, it's time. That's why it's so important for us to be ready that when God calls our number, you're ready to go. The good news is, it's not like it was for me in college. Now, it's tough being on staff here. You know why? I'm surrounded by smart guys. You got Pastor Holmes, graduated, cum laude and all that other stuff. On top is class. Brother Madal, Brother Utley, Brother Charles. Then you got me. I graduated soon cum lucky. <laughs> and I remember we'd, I, I'd try my best and I got up early and I stayed late and I did all I could. And sometimes I would like, wow, I didn't know they could put that much red on a test. Praise the Lord that when it comes to test, it really is easy to understand what salvation is. Point number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Be careful not to ignore the blessings from the blesser. Point number one, be careful not to ignore the blessings from the blesser. Now let's talk about the three wise men. Now there's a lot of debate about the wise men. Now I know they'll say, well, was there three wise men? Honestly, we think three wise men because of what? Three gifts, gold, frankincense, and? Okay, so the three wise men is a big part of the story. Now, this is so important. I did this so you guys would pay attention. Okay, here we go. So the three wise men, some call the magi, some uh, other words. Like I said, we don't know if there's three, if there was two, if there was a hundred. We really don't know. But the important part is, is God said there were wise men. Does it matter how many? Class? No. It just matters what? They were there. They were there. Now, it has thought to have been Daniel the prophet who first introduced the Magi to the Holy Scriptures of God and of Israel. It's believed that throughout the centuries, these wise men studied the timing of the Messiah's birth and the sign that would lead to the place where he was born. What exactly did they do? The Bible doesn't really tell us, but we can find reasoning in scriptures. And Pastor talked about this Wednesday night from Daniel chapter 9, 24 and 26. And I don't have all the time to go into it, but basically they figured out that Jesus was coming in about 490 years. So they started doing the math. And they said, you know what, we can say, okay, and also we know from other parts of scriptures that he probably would start his ministry right around the age of 30, so we could go back. And with a, within reason, they could figure it out when Jesus was coming. Why? Because that's what the Bible told us. Isn't it amazing how we try to make things so difficult? And God's like, it's not that difficult if you'll just read the Bible. And then we also know, so the first thing was the sign. The sign was a star. Numbers 24, 17. 
I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of the shed. Now, they knew there'd be a star. So they knew there kind of was a time frame, 490 years, then go back, blah, 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 blah. They also knew there was going to be a star. Now, why do they know that? Because they were studying the scriptures. Why do they know that? They were looking. They weren't so busy on their life, they didn't have time for the Messiah. And so the star came up, and they started to travel. I've heard anywhere from 900 miles to 1,000 miles. Put it this way, it was a long way. Now, we don't know if they came on camels or donkeys, or if it was a, uh, a Tesla. We don't know. But we know it was a big deal, and it cost a lot of money to do what they did. We also in Micah 5.2, But thou Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruled in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. So we had a star, we had a time, we also had a place. Why'd they know that? From the, from the Bible. Once again, beloved, if you have a Bible, read it. Meditate in it. Get into it. It has our answers. They also had another sign, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. So the wise men knew the time, they knew the place, they knew the city. My question is this. Why didn't everyone else? Where were all the religious leaders of the day? Did they not have access to the Old Testament? Did they not have access to it? Some of them had it memorized, the law. They could have known. Did not the entire Old Testament point to a Messiah that would come in one form or another? And guess what? Now, here's the question. Jesus referred to the Old Testament all the time. And these people claim to be looking for the blesser, God, the Messiah coming. Did, they, did he come? Yes. Did they miss it? Yes, they did. You know why? They weren't looking. They were ignoring the blessings from the blesser. They're ignoring it. And I'm here to tell you right now, beloved, on this Sunday morning, don't ignore the blessings from the blesser. And the blessing I'm going to talk about very quickly is salvation. Isaiah 53, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, and there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid it where our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely it bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I love this verse, speaking of Jesus, our Messiah. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The one that we are worshiping. The one that we are celebrating this Christmas season. Why was he bruised? Why was he laid with stripes? Why was he afflicted? Why was he a man of sorrow? 
Because David Weirich is a filthy, rotten, no good, cheating, lying, terrible person, sinner. That's why. He died for my sins. And he died for your sins. He had to die because the Bible proclaimed it. Because God said it. And if God says it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now verse number 6 refers to all of us. It says here, All we like sheep have gone astray, and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Meaning that Jesus Christ took all of our sins, past, present, and future, and put him on him. Praise the Lord. So that means right now in here this morning, Jesus Christ died for your sins. In every sin you've ever done or ever will do, Jesus took care of it on the cross. 100%. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before the shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Don't you think for one moment that if Jesus Christ wanted to, every single person on earth could have been gone at the snap of his finger if he wanted to. Those men down here mocking him, beating him, spitting on him, gambling over his clothes, taking his clothes off, making fun, they could have been, I mean, annihilated if you wanted to. And I wonder, this is pure speculation, I wonder, I wonder, this is David Wyrick, this is the DP version, okay? If the angels were on the side of heaven saying, God, just let us go. Let us go. Those Roman soldiers think they're tough, we'll show them what tough is. And Jesus says, not my will, but thine. Jesus laid down his life for you and me. And no amount of suffering you've ever gone through pales in comparison to the suffering Jesus Christ did for you and me on the cross of Calvary. Why? Because he loves us. Don't get me wrong, I love my kids. And I love you. But I couldn't give my son's life for anybody in here. I couldn't do it. You may, you may be the nicest person in the world, but if you said, David, you got to choose Travis or Lucas in here, I'm here to tell you, I love you, you're in trouble. And I would think you'd say the same for me. But God said, Jesus, you're the lamb. You're the sacrifice. And Jesus said, not my will, but thine, I'll go. Praise the Lord for that. That's why we celebrate his birth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John 14, 5 and 6. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Dave, what am I saved from? The penalty of sin, which is death and separation from God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is sin? Anything we think, say, or do, or don't do that breaks God's law. Now, when was the last time you sinned? I can tell you the last time I sinned, about two minutes ago, okay? And also, I sinned. You, see my, you, know, why, you know why I keep taking my glasses off? So... I just got these glasses. They cost $8 billion. You know how it is? <laughs> and I, I had them sitting on the nightstand. 
and I walked outside to do something. I came back in 20, 30 minutes later, and I, I go, and I'm like, what's this piece laying on the ground? I'm like, that looks like an eyepiece. And then over in the corner, our precious fluff ball, ears are down, tail between her legs. Sophie chewed the thunder out of them. Chewed them up. Gone. Annihilated. I got it replaced. Friday, we're at a tournament. I'm helping rebound for one of my sons. Wham! Basketball hits me right in the face, smashes my glasses, breaks it again. So now they're all out of whack. So I can read, but I can't see with them. Does that make any sense? Then I go to button my coat, and my button fell off my jacket. It's right here in my pocket. Isn't that ridiculous? I feel like Bobo the Clown up here trying to speak to you guys this morning. What is sin? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What gift? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Ephesians 2.8.9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that night of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What gift? Jesus. Remember, salvation is a gift. It's not works. It's not communion. It's not baptism. It's not church membership. It's faith alone in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, and verse 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Matthew 28, and the angel answered and said unto them, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. And this gives me a happy bubble. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. You know why they can't really figure out where Jesus was buried? He's not there anymore. It was a borrowed tomb for a borrowed time. In three days, whoop, he'd come out of that grave. Praise the Lord. Beloved, do you know him? Have you, A, admitted that you're a sinner? Have you, B, believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? Have you, C, choose, confess him as your Savior? David, what am I confessing? I am confessing, I used to think salvation was works, or baptism, or being a good person, or my good outweighing my bad, or church membership, or communion, or all those things. Now I am confessing what? That Jesus is the only way. I have changed my mind. I'm totally leaning on Jesus Christ alone. That is salvation. Praise God for that. Number one, be careful not to ignore the blessings from the blesser. Boy, I've got 13 points yet. I better hurry. Number two, be careful not to question the blessings from the blesser. Number two, be careful not to... Qu- this, I might sign my own Bible. This is really good. Be careful not to question the blessings from the blesser. Luke chapter 2, verse 18. This verse always got me in the birth story. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Angels appear. Shepherds see it. 
Shepherds go see Jesus. Shepherds are excited. They go tell everyone else. And everyone else wondered. They stood in amazement. They questioned. They pondered. They didn't deny it, but yet they didn't believe it either. They wondered, hmm, is that really true? The Messiah, really? In Bethlehem? In a stable? In a, in whatever? It, are you sure? Uh, oh, we never do that, do we? Oh, we never question God, do we? How about this? <coughs> the shepherds believed. Others, well, that's interesting, but no actions. Beloved, maybe this morning you just questioned the gospel. Is it really that simple? Yes. Amen. Is it really possible, David? You mean to tell me right now, at 1022 South Main Street, I can get saved right now? Yes. That's exactly what I'm telling you. You can accept Christ as your Savior right now. At this very moment. You don't have to question anymore. You don't have to lay in bed and wonder, what if I died? Man, where would I go? If God said it, it's going to happen. That's it. You can be saved right now. Facebook listeners, radio listeners, those listening later, I'm here to tell you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, God loves you. He wants to save you. Don't question salvation anymore. Don't wonder about it anymore. Just get saved. Stop wondering. Stop putting it off. What proof? Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Romans 1.20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of this world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power. God hits that they are without excuse. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Don't question the blessings from the blesser. Are you like Acts 26? King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa saith unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. If King Agrippa didn't get saved, and the Bible indicates he did not, guess where he's at right now at this very moment? According to the Bible, he's in hell. And that gives me no pleasure to say that. Beloved, if you don't know Christ as your Savior when you die, you're going to go to hell. That doesn't give me any honor or privilege, but it is God's word. I didn't say it. God said it. Beloved, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Some of you are questioning salvation. You want to believe. You just can't get yourself to submit. You're holding out of traditions, communion, works, baptism, church membership. I, I, but God, are you sure? Are you sure that's all it is? A pastor, are you sure? Neighbor, are you sure? Coworker, are you sure? Just submit yourself. Just get saved. Stop questioning. Just get saved. Stop questioning. Just turn yourself over to him. Beloved, maybe you're here this morning, listening by the way of radio, listening online, watching on Facebook, wherever you hear this message, just stop questioning. Stop pondering. Stop wondering. And just Get saved. You know what it is, beloved? It's a gift. For God so loved the world that he 
gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God right now is going around and he's looking for someone that's ready and willing and able to A, admit that they're a sinner, to B, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, if they will simply just get saved. And the gift of salvation is for everyone, all the time, at all places. Just get saved. Don't put it off anymore. Stop questioning. Stop wondering. What should you do right now, beloved? If you're not saved, you should get saved. I'm telling you, God wants someone, maybe in this auditorium, right now, under my voice, you've been wondering. Maybe you think you're saved, and I'm not sure. And I said a prayer when I was five, but David, I really don't know. I'd rather be saved twice than lost once. Don't fight it off anymore. Admit that you're a sinner and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and get saved. Bob and Don, it's good to see you. I've been looking for you all morning. I knew you were somewhere. I actually have friends, and they came this morning. Isn't that wonderful? Well, they actually, they came to see the boys in Lynette, but that's beside the point. Good to see you, Joe. It breaks my heart to think that people come to harvest, maybe as guests, and they've never accepted Christ as their personal Savior. And here's the gift. It's right here. It's right here. I don't know, David. It can't be that simple. It is. It is. Just accept Christ as your Savior and be saved today. Don't wait any longer. Beloved, oh, please, I beg of you. Can I say that? Yes, I am begging you as your friend. Would you ask Christ to save you today? Don't put it off any longer. Number one, be careful not to ignore the blessings from the blesser. Number two, be careful not to question the blessings from the blesser. And point number three, put your shoes on. We're about done. Some of you had a great nap this morning, but I'm about to ruin it because I'm about to close up. (laughs) Point number three, be careful not to worship the blessings more than the blesser. If you're a born-again believer, what we would call saved, then point one and two don't apply to you. But this point sure does. I can remember that even this beautiful time of year, it can get easy to forget all the blessings we have from God. James chapter 1, 16 and 17 says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and come it down for the Father of lights, with whom no variables do the shadow of turning. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. You better just made, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm here to tell you, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've been blessed beyond measure. If you live in America, you are blessed beyond measure. This holiday season, I have eaten like a total cow. It's unbelievable. Everywhere I go, there's food. And I can't stop eating. You know, this morning I took a nice hot shower. I had a beard, but I asked Lynette, I said, should I shave it? She's like, uh. I looked like a Santa Claus that was trying to go on a diet that can't grow a beard is what I looked like. (laughs) So I shaved it. I took a big old hot shower this morning. I had me coffee for breakfast. And I even got up and I made a ham. I'm telling you, I know how to make a ham. 
because I am a ham. And you are what you eat. So I got up this morning, I made that. I thought, you know what? I thought, man, I'm blessed. I have a beautiful wife who puts up with me. There should have been a lot more amens than that right now. Okay. I've got two great sons. They'll be 16 in 10 days. That is ridiculous. I used to hold them like two little footballs. Now they hold me up. I'm blessed. But if, if we're not careful, beloved, during this Christmas season, for those of us, we can forget where the blessings come from. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. So here's the thing. We say, God, I need this. And fill in the blank whatever it is. I need a job. Uh, we want to have children. I need a car. I need money. I need a house. I need friendship. I need encouragement. Whatever it is. And we're asking God for something. And we're asking the blesser to bless us. And guess what? A lot of times he will. Now the good news is God gives me everything I need and some of what I want. And so I'm a blessed person. Now hold on here. I think this mic will still work if I walk out here. God blesses us. And we pray and we pray. We ask the Lord, God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. And God says, okay, here you go, David. Here it is. I'll be back. Scott, hold this door for me right here. And we ask the Lord, Lord, bless me. Lord, I need that. Lord, help me out. God, please. And he sure does. He blesses us. I was going to try to ride this, but I don't want to wreck into something. I need to get a few pedals in here. Oh, there we go. Good. All right. And this, this is, I don't know what in the world. Lynette made me do this. So we ask the Lord, Lord, hey, I need a blessing, God, please. And God blesses us. Oh, man, I love my bike. And this bike is so nice. And oh, this is great. I, I don't have to walk anymore. And this is all, oh, this is great. And I'm thankful for my job. And I'm thankful for my car. And I'm thankful for my home. And I am just blessed. And I'm, a, oh, this is great. And we start worshiping the blessings. And we forget the blesser. We're more thankful for what God gave us than the God who gave it to us. I mean, when was the last time you thanked the Lord for the vehicle that gets you from A to B? When was the last time you said, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Or thank you for my house. We have put $6.3 million into our home so far. And we should put another $4.9 million. And right now it's worth $54. <laughs> but praise God, we have a house. I praise the Lord for it. I praise the Lord, but I had to be careful. Because, man, I love my family. But, oh, David, don't love your boys more than you love God. Because you remember how, how much we went through to get the boys. Beloved. Don't worship the blessings more than the blesser. When you can enjoy it because God wants you to. He gave it to you to enjoy. But every now and then, every now and then, you say, God, 
if you take away my blessings, I'll still praise you. Because my love for you, God, has nothing to do with the blessings you give me. Well, God would never. I would not say that. Have you considered my servant Job? There's been times that great, terrible things have happened to godly people. If you don't believe me, open up to Hebrews chapter 11. And there's a lot of parts of Hebrews 11. Guess what? They didn't get delivered here on earth. The Bible says they were tortured, sawed asundered, killed. They lived in caves. Don't forget this season, beloved. We worship God. But when was the last time we thanked him for our finances? When was the last time? Uh Uh-oh, I'm about to get myself in trouble here. I can't believe I wrote this. Pastor, can I say this? You already rode a bike. Okay. It's good stuff. Sometimes we worship our money more than we worship God. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that God has laid someone on your heart this Christmas season and you've told God no. God, help us that we do that. God, help us when it's a special project. We should get way more than we ever need. Oh, 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 I hear it is. How many have ever been to a funeral? I'm here to tell you, beloved, when it's your time to go, you ain't taking it with you. You might as well tell God, God, what do you need? God, what do you want? God, I, prom- I tell God this all the time, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. God, I'm too stupid to get it. You've got to make it crystal clear to me. But I'll do my best. If you tell me, I will do it. Beloved, be willing. Don't worship the blessings more than the blesser. This Christmas season, don't worship the blessings more than the blesser. Take time to read and meditate the Christmas story. Don't tear into the Christmas gifts, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, or if you have gifts at all, I don't know. Don't take time to tear into it. Take each gift. We, we do a weird thing at my house. We unwrap the gifts one at a time. Why? Because I want my boys to know how much I spent on them. That's why. Okay, that's not actually true. We want to enjoy it. Now, you may think I'm weird. I don't do it all the time. I'll tell the boys. Hey, boys, let's, let's remember that people, we, have, we paid our mortgage payment this month because people support the radio. If they didn't, I can't pay the mortgage payment. I'll say, hey, Christmas, guess what, boys? God provided these gifts because people who don't have to support the radio we were able to buy you gifts. You should tell your kids that. Yeah, we have money, but God gave us the money to give you this gift. How about your health? Boy, praise the Lord. If you're able to walk in here on your own, you are a fortunate person. Take time this Christmas season to worship the blesser and to thank him for what he'd done. Don't forget, hand out a gospel track. 
Tell someone else about Jesus. Don't worship, uh uh-oh, your pride of being told no over the blesser. My dear precious Jesus, I did not mean to take your place. I only bring toys and things that bring love and grace. People give me lists of wishes and hope that they come true. But you hear prayers of the heart and promises you will do too. Children try to be good and not cry when I'm coming to town. But you love them unconditionally and that love will abound. I leave only a bag of toys and temporary joy for a season. But you leave a heart of love full of purpose and reason. I have a lot of believers and one might call fame. But I never healed the blind or tried to help the lame. I have rosy cheeks and a voice full of laughter, but no nail-scarred hands or a promise of the hereafter. You may find several of me in a town or at a mall, but there's only one omnipotent one, you, to answer a sinner's call. And so, my dear precious Jesus, I kneel here to pray, to worship and adore you on this, your holy birthday. Beloved, very simple. Be careful not to ignore the blessings from the blesser. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, get saved today. Number two, be careful not to question the blessings from the blesser. You've been thinking about it. You've been pondering it. Stop. Get saved today. And beloved, be careful not to worship the blessings more than a blesser. Can we stand together, please? Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Pastor, I've asked Frank if he could help me sing a song too. Then, if you would come up, please. Now, beloved, I know there's a lot of people here. You say, David, you know we're going to be eating, and and uh, you know, I, look, we're not here to embarrass you, but with the heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around. How many might say, you know, I'll be honest with you, David. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would never do that. But you might say with a raised hand, I'll be honest with you, David. I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I am not 100% sure. Could you raise your hand for me? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. In just a second, Brother Wiesner is going to sing a song for us. And we're going to have what's called an invitation. It's a time to come down front. If you're not saved, if you're a man, we'll have a man. If a lady, we'll have a lady. We'll take a Bible and we'll show you how to be saved this morning. If you want to talk and talk to the blesser this morning, I invite you.